Welcome to the In Defense of Ska podcast. There's a lot of like, okay, well, you like Ska named three bands that aren't the boss tones. I'm your host, Aaron Carnes, music journalist and author of the book In Defense of Ska. And I'm your co-host, Adam Davis, veteran Ska musician from the bands Omnigon and Link 8. On our show, we aim to push back on the mainstream's negative perception of Ska music. There are so many great untold stories throughout the history of Ska. The show features interviews with everyone from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones to Fishbone, Fall Out Boy singer Patrick Stump, and the police drummer Stuart Copeland. Join us on In Defense of Ska from the Consequence Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, 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 hey! How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Barry Corder, are you smiling today? I am smiling. Are you smiling today? Big smile. Why you got a big smile on your face today there, Barry Corder? Because this is another great day for a podcast. It is always a great day for a podcast. This is the What Podcast with Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Street Press. I'm Brad Signing from Hits 96 WDOD in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So uh, today is a little bit uh, of a different format today. We're shaking it up just a little bit. Uh, not going to follow the tried and true method. Uh, we're going to talk to a uh, longtime Bonnaroo vet, uh, the Senior Vice President of Promotion Operations, Jim Burris from Columbia Records. And then we're going to talk to some of our friends who are also Bonnaroo vets. This is a Bonnaroo vet-themed show today. I like how you say the tried and true method is if we've been doing this forever. Years and years, or that, or sir. we had a uh, tried and true we've, method. We've been doing it since back in the war. Uh, you remember the one. Yeah. Actually, what I love about this podcast is that we get to make it up as we go. Yeah. And uh, this was another fun idea. Yeah. And I think, uh, I hope people are going to like it. Uh, uh, so. Been excited to talk to Jim since we started. Okay, so Jim is, a, this, let me give you a backstory about Jim Burris. Now, you don't know what his name is. You don't know who he is probably, but this is a major, major player in the industry, especially at Columbia Records. I didn't know who he was, uh, and nor should I. I'm just some radio flunky in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, I happened to be at the Grammys a few years ago, and again, shouldn't have been there. There's no reason for me to be there. We're getting ready for the Grammys, and I'm sitting outside of a hotel, and I've, I've got the whole you know Tom Ford suit on, and um, we're just hanging out and waiting for our friend, who's the guy getting us the tickets. So we sit down outside of this swanky L.A. hotel, and um, our friend walks up, and he introduces us to, to Jim Burris. And of course, I don't know who he is. Right. He doesn't know who I am. But uh, we sit down, and we sat Literally for two hours, just shooting the shit, watching pretty girls walk by. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. It was one of the best nights of my entire life. We literally didn't want to go to the Grammys because me and him struck up such a good conversation. And you'll know why you struck up a good conversation coming up in a bit because that's, what, that's how good he is. I was is. getting ready to say, I would be surprised at that story had I not spent an hour on the phone with him. <laughs> Yesterday, yes. he's what we call in, at the newspaper a one-question interview. He's perfect. He's yeah, amazing. How he's got, are you? He's got so many stories. He's got so much perspective. And that ever since, ever since then, like I, after I found out who he was, 
I they told me that like who he was like why was he talking to me? Yeah. Like what? Did, like how in the world? He's just a a, a great dude. He's a, a, a got so many great insights about the industry and how he's seen it changed and what Bonnaroo has meant to the industry. And that's what sort of the reason why, yeah. you know, every time he comes to the camp every year, he'll stop by a camp and, you know, he's become our friend now. Yeah. And this is what we decide to talk every time, every year we talk to him about the same sort of stuff. He comes by and he, he takes a tour. He always <laughs> likes to see what's new because <laughs> right. there's always something new. We're adding a water slide this year, Jim. And, uh, you know, he, he mentions it in our conversation, but I remember uh, last year when he kind of looked at his watch and said, oh, my gosh, I got to go. I've yeah. got work to do. So he hung <laughs> yeah. out for a, quite a while. And uh, what I like, and, and you hear it definitely in, in our talk, is he's just passionate about music. That's right. And loves it just that's like right. us. That's, and it's, that's the connecting. And that's why I, not only is because he's a good dude, but he, that's why he fits in so well at our camp. Yeah, absolutely. Because he loves this no matter, you know, what kind of access he gets. And let me tell you, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, he swings a big bat. Yes. Me. He's still, he's still out there sweating it just like yeah. everybody else is. That is awesome to me. Yeah. I, absolutely. You hear it. I mean, you, you guys are going to hear it. It seriously was like basically a one question. How yeah. are you? And we laugh about it. We couldn't have written the script yeah. or, you know, anybody couldn't have. Uh, and, and much like the St. Paul interview, it went so well, we just decided to make this yeah, today's yeah, podcast. Yeah. And what we've decided to do for the second part of it is bring in some of our campmates. Which we mentioned last week as a aside or a joke. Right. And a couple of people texted or emailed and said, hey, I'd love to hear that. And so and, and let's be honest, time. And let's be honest, they ain't got much to do. They don't have anything else to do. <laughs> got, sad, lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, we'll introduce you to them here in a little bit, and then the final part will be us drawing the winner of the Bonnaroo tickets. And thank you so much for all of your comments, all of your questions, all of your uh, input throughout the the course of this podcast up until today. We're going to draw a winner from all of your comments at thewhatpodcast.com. So without further ado, Jim Burris, the Senior Vice President, Promotion Operations for Columbia Records. Well, hello, sir. Well, hello, Jim Burris. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. Well, How about you? Welcome to the What Podcast, the most love listened that. to podcast in the history of podcasts about Bonnaroo. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah, sure. Awesome. <laughs> uh, now, Jim Burris is the uh, Senior Vice President Promotion Operations of Columbia Records and Bonnaroo Vet. How many Bonnaroos have you been to, sir? That is a good question. Um, I believe I've been to nine now. Okay. All right. That's a pretty good number. So wh- why, did you, why did you originally say, you know what, I'll go to Bonnaroo? You know, it was one of those things that I had a number of trusted friends that said, you know, this is the premier place to go for music. This is where the music junkies go. There were many other festivals around the scenes and, you know, everything was kind of crazy at the time. And uh, I said, I'll go. And I went, and it was absolutely true. I love the people. I love the music. I love the art. Everything seemed to blush, you know, blend together. Hey, Jim, Barry Corder here. Good talking to you. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Yeah, of course. I, that's, that's the answer that, you know, not exactly, but sort of that I was hoping for. And the reason that I was really excited to, uh, to talk to you about this is, Absolutely. Let me interrupt you for one sec. I'm getting a bleed through on a baseball game in my ear. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's a Mets game. I was, I was listening. I was watching the Mets game. Sorry. Well, it, Did you I, want- and I, I, you're lucky I said baseball because normally I equate that to uh, a sport that the Yankees play and not the Mets. So, okay. I, you know. Okay. Well, the second best record in baseball tells you that the Mets are uh, doing okay. 
We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see you at the end. I hear this every year, but that's okay. Keep your dream alive. <laughs> hey, it's all I have right now, Jim. It's all I have. No, you don't. You don't. You're 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 absolutely under triple digits. You're actually in the double digits before Bonnaroo begins. So I'm feeling okay right now. <laughs> absolutely, but uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I think uh, truthfully, you know, to go back to your original, uh, you know, the the question, you know, it it really did come down to the music. I uh, somebody asked me the other day why I didn't why I didn't go to Coachella, and I kind of joked about it. I didn't have the right uniform, I didn't have the right clothing, you know, the right headdress, <laughs> and I never felt that that was really what was the case when I got to Bonnaroo. Right. Uh, it, and maybe it's because the farm of 770 acres is, you know, kind of enclosed, so to speak. You don't have to leave to go to hotels or anything like that. And even if you did, and you were lucky enough to get one of the 0.001% hotel rooms that are on or around the Manchester area there, it's, it's a half a mile away. So you're always on site. And I also think because you don't have curfews and that this is a kind of like a living organism, it's happening at all times. Mm -hmm. And it's not just music that's happening. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how, you know, the comedy tent, now they've got movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's even going by and seeing, you know, a lot of the vendors, the arts. I just saw today, uh, uh, I just got a new email talking about the food vendors. Uh, Mm -hmm. The brewery tent is now back in effect and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's a great big offering. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that adds to the community. I and I also like- believe back in the day when Superfly started this whole thing, they started a code of ethics. So, you know, they didn't want, you know, bad people, so to speak. And, you know, there was the high five Fridays and, and they celebrate a lot of that. And they continue to celebrate that, especially on their socials and what have you. So it, it, it just brings that whole community together. Again, based and anchored by music. I feel like Jim should be hosting this podcast. I know, and not right? me. Yeah. I, uh- <laughs> Do you have any questions for us, Jim? <laughs> I got really lucky in my life. I, I, I got involved with uh, music at a very young age. I, I've been able to have it as, uh, you know, as my vocation. Obviously, it's my career, but it's one of those things that I, I get excited. I get jazzed about, you know, that, you know, we 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 have a group of us. I mean, you know, obviously you guys are, are, are part of that group and, you know, there are things and places and people that we want to go see and 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 and, and see you know, relive, so to speak. And then there are these people and places and things you want to go explore. And I can't tell you how many places and things that I've seen, you know, on the farm uh, that I didn't know about, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd always liked Dr. Dog, but I'd never seen him. Loved wow. it. Absolutely loved it. Right. I actually showed up to, you know, Royal Blood and, and thought, okay, I'm at the wrong tent. And next thing I know is I'm looking through my booklet. I had no idea it was two guys. Right. And yeah. one guy is playing bass and not a guitar. I'm like, wow, there's a lot more music coming out of that. And so, you know, it's just some of those aha moments. And then, you know, some of those aha moments, you're like, why didn't I ever know about this? Or how did I not know that there were two people in this band, you know, that kind of thing. And as somebody who's actually in the industry and you don't know this, that's, you know, if you're caught by surprise, that's pretty, that's pretty special, I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess to a degree. I mean, I certainly don't know, uh, you know, a lot. And, and we do kind of get insulated. I'm very lucky for the label that I work for. You know, we have a very broad brush stroke, you know, a very deep history and a breadth of music. But there's just so much more that's out there, you know, and um, and it covers just so, so much. And, and I think that's, you know, another piece of it that yeah. this gives me that opportunity, especially over the four days that are, you know, that are that are going on that I can really, really kind of let loose and see things and get out of my comfort zone. See this, we couldn't, I don't think we could have scripted. <laughs> um, Cause this is so important that I, I think if for the people who've never been, they don't quite understand. Cause Ashley caps, of course, is a co-founder said a very similar thing. And that's why I was excited to talk to you. Cause 
you guys do like we do. We show up. We become fans. We do everything that a fan does. I mean, you're not there. I've never seen you there trying to, you know, VIP your way around things. You don't, you know, got to get the super secret whatever, you know, out back. Wait, wait, what's, what's wrong with that? Uh, because uh, that's, uh, that's sort of what I do. That's where Brad and I <laughs> that's differ. That's my move. That's where we differ. Um, so that's why experience. we don't see you, Brad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he's getting the super secret. But it's the experience that that is Bonnaroo that is what makes it so unique. And and that's what I love hearing you say that you enjoy about it. Yeah, and what, what I, I, really, I, like, I it, really do, yeah. Yeah, and what you do is sort of the common theme about practically everybody that talks about Bonnaroo is that you romanticize it. You you, yeah, oh, you yeah. think about it almost like a, a girlfriend you keep seeing once a year, and it's like, you know, I, that's good. Yeah, yeah and I I come back to her every year, and every year she comes around. It's yeah. a it's a blast. And, a, and is, about the time you're sick of her, it's Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can drive right on home now. <laughs> now I can go home. <laughs> that's so true. But, you know, and it's funny because I I was I literally made my plane ticket or you know my plane reservations and got my tickets you know a few weeks ago and I you know obviously it starts on Thursday but I'm coming down on Thursday morning I you know I've landed Nashville I drive down and I'm kind of excited you know to get to that point where I go pick up my credentials and you know I'm fortunate enough that uh, that I do have credentials so I have that and but I I go and every oh, yeah. year I say the same thing I say well you know Thursday's kind of you know, like the beginning day I can do the happy chat say hi kind of make my way around maybe I'll walk the farm a little bit and see if there's, you know, something new or, you know, something I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of familiarize myself. And the next thing I know is it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how that happened. And, you know, and, and truthfully, you know, these conversations were, I can't tell you how many times in, in, in a professional setting or a cocktail party, you know, uh, uh, a social situation, you know, you kind of go in there and you work the room and you kind of, kind of get in, you're almost looking sadly enough over somebody's shoulder to see who's the next post important person or who you have to actually see. I never felt that way there. I've always felt that I never have enough time to spend with people, right. you know? I read mean, last time we were there, I think we spent two hours together just, you know, uh, off to the side of the campsite. Right. And, you know, I, I realized that I had to leave because I had an artist that was going on. I'm like, right. you know, I'm so sorry. And I <laughs> yeah. felt like we got cheated. Yeah, you couldn't get that second have... Bloody Mary, could you? <laughs> the, well, the, the first one was very, very good, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I am the Bloody Mary master of camp, I'm sure. I guarantee it. That and uh, a few other the beer specialties, no when, doubt. When you first went, and I always liked the, the, the original uh, feeling that you had when you walked into Bonnaroo. You probably didn't know what to expect. You were going on what somebody had basically told you about the festival to begin with. When you first walked in, what was the first thing you saw? What was the first thing that caught you off guard? And what's the first thing that made you say, this might be pretty special? Well, I, I'm going to answer that in a couple of ways. First and foremost, I drove down, and there was a complication and problem with uh, the main highway that went down. And I was fortunate enough to have, like, the secret uh, yeah. uh, map to be able to go in the back way. The and big I did. oak tree with and the it, yellow ribbon, right? It, that's exactly what it was. It was the big oak <laughs> tree. And I'm like, oh, look, I'm from the it. Midwest. I'm from Missouri. I know exactly what an oak tree looks, looks like. So. I, I made that turn. I'm going down there. I'm like, God, I hope this is right. And then I turn again, and I'm down there, and all of a sudden, I see miles and miles and miles of cars. And I see people, you know, if I'm in traffic, look, I live in New York. If I'm in traffic, I'm going to a Yankee game. I'm trying to get over to, you know, see a show over in New Jersey at the Meadowlands or something like that. I'm I'm suicidal and homicidal by the time I get there. Yeah. I'm there, and I'm seeing people, you know, going from car to car, running up there, sharing beer, sharing this, experiences, yeah. honking, having flags. You know, it, it, 
it was like it was like a rainbow of of, of color, emotion, and passion. Huh. And so once I did get in there, I um, you know same people. I'm hearing all kinds of music coming out of people's cars. Everybody's friendly, and I would I parked and I parked right behind the main stage, the what stage, and I looked and I'm like, holy cow, that is huge. I mean, I felt like I was back at a skyscraper. I'm like, and then you see the buses and then you see the trucks and you realize, you know, this is a work in progress. And that work in progress is the 770 acres that are there is an empty farm that they truck everything in and truck everything out. Right. Now, granted, today there are a few structures that stay there, et cetera, but that's what happens over, you know, uh, you know, many years, you know, over a decade of, uh, of the celebration. But then I started to walk around the grounds, and I could not believe the enormity of it. And then I kind of got into that operational thing. Well, how do you have all these yeah, different tents exactly and stages right. and this, yep, that, yep. and the other? And you're like, well, do they play at the same point? Well, how come this one doesn't drown out that one? And I'm like, oh, they just must have it orchestrated. Or people go from point A to point P, you know, like the, the hands of a clock. No, they actually have it going at all times. Right. And again, it's really interesting because rarely will you find, especially at Bonnaroo, that things stack up where you don't get to see what you you really want to see. I mean, now, granted, you do have to plan a little bit ahead because there are commute times to get from, you know, the what stage all the way to, you know, this stage or the tent or, you know, what have you, or you can get over to get your Amish donuts, you know, whatever you're into, you know, you have to plan a little head, uh, ahead, but it's always been very, uh, uh, fairly easy negotiable uh, to negotiate. And each year it seems to get a little easier. Like somebody went, well, you know what? This would make more sense. Or mm. on this, we should do that. So, And I've gone to other festivals. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to make it sound negative to anybody. But there's not anything that I've gone to that has matched this. Right. Certainly I, not. For me, I've done my job. I've written at the newspaper now for 30, almost 30 years, 31 years. Um, the first Bonnaroo that I went to, it kind of crystallized in my head, and it very definitely crystallized in my head after seeing McCartney. But the first Bonnaroo I went to reminded me of why I got into the business. I had yeah. sort of become – it was jaded. Everything was same. I was just kind of, you know, chugging along, doing it, and it completely re-energized me. And then the McCartney was the reason I got into music at all was the Beatles. And and mm -hmm. we, when we talked to Ashley, um, I reminded him, Brad and I, I introduced him at Forecastle. And Brad thanked Ashley Caps for saving music. We had a nice long conversation. There might have been some bourbon involved. I don't. I don't tend to bloviate much, do I? <laughs> no, but he was. No, I think he was not. very honest. And uh, from your point of view, what did Bonnaroo do for the music industry? Because it really was the first one to prove that American festival. I mean, we had Coachella and Lollapalooza, but. It, Bonnaroo, in my opinion, we now have hundreds of festivals. It sort of, it, it definitely kicked the live music festival, but did it do anything to the music industry as a whole from where you sit? Well, I think, you know, yes, I, I do believe that. I, I believe it kind of helped congeal it. Again, you know, we are now so used to having things so compartmentalized. I mean, think about what radio is today. You don't just have uh, a pop radio station or a top 40 radio station. When I was growing up, a top 40 radio station played the best top the 40 hits from all different kinds of music, whether it was an R&B or country or, you know, whatever that might have been. And it kind of seems to me that that's what Bonnaroo is. Now, I'm not saying it's pop by any stretch, but you do have right, pop, you know, leaning and sensitivities there. But it gives you the breadth and, and, and that deep feeling of everything, and it cross-pollinates. So I believe it helped us to 
turn people on to more music, to give them that access. And obviously a platform where people can, you know, really go out and enjoy. And it's not one of those things where I'm going to show up at this tent to see this band just to be seen. I'm there because I'm exploring. I'm curious. I like them. I, I, I want to see them again. And I think that platform, you know, is extremely important to have. And again, the, one of the things that I love the most, and, and that's not just because of Bonnaroo, uh, I, I love the sense of discovery. You know, I know that, you know, today I'm a true radio you know, guy. Mm-hmm. But obviously with what goes on, and I share a lot of different types of uh, music. I still, I still play vinyl. You know, I, I still play CDs. I still listen to the radio. And I stream. You know, and I use a little bit of everything and I, I, I learn and I, you know, I, I digest and everything like that. I, I love New Music Fridays. I mean, I sit there and I can't wait to get up on, on Friday morning and look, you know, to see what's out and who's out and discover. And I kind of get that feeling when I go down there. You know, again, yeah. I, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid from the very first time I went there. And, and, and uh, you know, going back a couple of questions ago, when I first got there and what was my first indication, one of the guys that uh, had originally told me, you got to go down, I can't explain it to you. You just got to go. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's like one of those things that you kind of have to be there. You kind of have to experience it. You can look online. You can check out the pictures. You can look at the artists. You can look at the food pages and everything that goes with it. But there's just something there, yeah. you know, that, 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 that grabs you and, and, and won't let go. And the only way to get that is, is to be there. Now, again, back to this. Does it help us? I do. You know, from, from a promotion and marketing standpoint, I believe it gives us the platform. I lived in San Francisco for a number of years, and there are a couple of venues in San Francisco alone, the, the Fillmore there. Um, if an artist went there, they turned it up. For whatever reason, you did not see a bad show there. I have that same feeling when I go to Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. It feels to me that they go there for something. And that McCartney show that you were talking about, I was there, and I, it was, I was very excited to see it. And I took my son, and he's been with me probably 80 or 90% of the times that I've gone down there ever since he graduated from college. It was kind of one of those things. He didn't have a job, and I said, come with me. <laughs> and he wasn't excited to go. He knew, oh, you know, one of the only surviving Beatles. And I go, you have no idea. You have to see this. This is much larger, much bigger, and much more you know, different than you could imagine. Mm-hmm. I think we were in the third song, and he got down on his knee, and I thought, well, this is weird. He's not proposing to me. And he goes, this is me apologizing to you and eating crow. I was wrong. And three and a half hours later, he looked at me after he sang every song. He nearly had a tear in his eye, and he's like, holy shit, Dad, this is amazing. Yeah. That, that was one and of I'm those like, moments. Yeah. I, I was yeah. bawling like a baby, and I was never a Beatles fan, but I cried at least three times at that show. I don't know why, but it just evoked some sort of emotion that uh, cut right through me, man. Well, part of well, it, you too, know, I, what you were saying, Jim, is you, the band's turning it up. I got the feeling, and I'd seen him before, that that was a let-me-show-you-young-kids-how-I-can-still-rock-and-roll type of moment yep. for Paul. I mean, it was it was huge. Yeah, and I think for him and other artists, for that matter, you know, we see this a lot. We represent Bruce Springsteen, and we have a number of you know of heritage and classic artists. And and I, and I'm all for a parent or you know loved one or friend to take a younger person. And you know, I can't tell you how many times I go see and see an eight or nine year old kid there with their parents trying to relive something that they had with Bruce Springsteen or Roger Waters, David Gilmore, those type of artists that we represent. And I, I love that. 
but I don't see that at Bonnaroo. I mm-hmm. see everybody going there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. But I do see the milestone theory coming back where something happens, something is heard or something is, is recreated that takes people back. And maybe it doesn't take them back, but it takes them back to, like, for example, there's a couple of Paul McCartney songs that, well, of course, my son doesn't know about it. He's too young. He didn't live at that particular time. But he knows what it meant to his mother. Mm. And it was so funny because he took his iPhone out and he's recording a couple of things and sending short video clips to her, like, Mom, check this out. And it meant the world to her, but it also touched him in a way wow. um, you know, that he thought enough to act and react and do that. Well, it goes to show you how great that show is because it, I don't think a podcast has gone by where we haven't brought the show up. But, you know, I walked into a friend of mine who actually is a, a podcast listener. His name is Dan. Um, he's uh, Bonnaroo Santa. If you follow any sort of uh, Bonnaroo caricatures, he's Bonnaroo Santa. You walk around basically as Santa with a big white beard. I ran into him after the McCartney show, and I said, what'd you think? And he just, just dead face. This is a big... Um, you know, very boisterous man who's got uh, reactions that just make you giggle because he's just a big caricature. Uh, yeah. he, his face goes stone, stone white. And he said, it was almost too much for me to get through. Wow. And I said, why, Dan? I mean, well, you, you loved it. You're Packer Pete. What's the, <laughs> what's the problem? He said, because every song had a memory tied to it. Every song that I, that I listened to was a song that I broke up with my girlfriend one time or that my kid was born to or uh, that I, I proposed yeah. to my wife with. Every single song was tied to a life moment of his, and it was too emotional for him to actually get through. That, to me— That's pretty strong. That, I don't think you get that at the Phillips Arena. <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. So, so true. No, you're, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Back to and your, again, going yeah. back— Going back to that, you know, that moment, you know, that, that's an artist that, that not only met but exceeded expectations. And, and I don't know why, because, you know, certainly we know that he's going to be on a particular tier to do it. But is it the farm? You know, is it what everybody brings together and it comes together? And you know he has to and the band has to feel that when they're up there as well. Absolutely. Well, I saw him in the Omni years and years ago, and it, it was nowhere near that. Right. It was right. it was what you just said. I was there because I was getting to see a beetle. Sure, that's right. Right. Hey, just to double back about industry changes, and it struck me being a a radio guy who is very dependent on the record label, and you being a guy who works at a record label. Mm-hmm. Do you think that because of Bonnaroo and um, the artists that they choose, and sometimes the artists that they choose because they have this platform of Bonnaroo, it allows them to be successful without really a, a label framework. They can be successful at something like a, a festival circuit, and doesn't that in turn challenge you guys to up your game and make and make much better decisions about artists and and who you promote and who you put money behind, et cetera? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think not to sound general, but I think that we and any label that's going to be successful and any label that's going to go out and properly represent their artists and the music they're in. You know, they have to think about that all the time. And I do believe having outlets like this is very key and very, you know, important to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the music discovery is done, you know, fortunately we have radio and we're, we're, we're always going to have radio. And you're going to always see, you know, the, the polls that come out or the, the pie charts that come out. You're only going to vacillate one or two percent a year up or down with regard to people falling off. It's there. And, um, you know, and the up years, by the way, are usually because of political coverage, uh, news coverage and stuff like that. But from a music 
music standpoint, 100%. You know, we, we I, like I said, we use that new music platform because that's what they call it on a Friday morning. We have changed, you know, our, our view on when music should come out and how it can and should be ingested. Look, when I first got into this business, we sold recorded music and that was it. That was our, that was our revenue stream. That's all we did. We promoted and marketed artists to be able to sell recorded music. Now there are so many different pieces of the pie that have been monetized. And fortunately, that is really, really good for an artist because all they had was a little slice of the pie that was sales and then their touring and possibly merchandise revenue. But now they can take anything from a sync license that comes off of a television show, a commercial, or anything that comes with it. And there's a thousand and one other things, you know, that are that are part of it. And, and yeah, we, we have to step up our game. And your label has a perfect example of that in Leon Bridges. Yeah. Um, you know, Leon's one of those, look, we, we always, one of the things that we've loved is, and, and we're great, and again, not to beat a dead horse, but we have a 130-year rich history here. And, you know, with our history is artists that can go out and perform and do live. You know, I mean, we don't put them out in a boot camp and, you know, go, go hit the road for two years. You know, we have artists that we put songs out. And, I mean, right now we have uh, an incredible new artist called King Princess. Uh, first song came out called 1950. Song just released last Friday called Talia, 19-year-old girl from Brooklyn, living in Los Angeles. Incredible voice, okay? And all of a sudden, we started to get a little buzz from the online chatter and the online community. And we started to see some Shazam tags throughout the various marketplaces. We started to get some radio airplay. And blogs started picking up critical mass, you know, what have you. And all of a sudden, it's a groundswell. Okay, mm-hmm. has not performed a show yet. Right. Okay. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's the flip side of that. And then you have artists that go out there and they'll put, you know, 300 shows in before they've recorded a record. Or you have a band like Soul Asylum, who was, you know, on Columbia Records years and years ago. They had five or six records under their belt before we got them. Incredible touring band. And if you would sit and listen to one of their records, you'd be like, God, that's not who I saw last night. Right. Or you could see them and, and then go put on the record because they could never translate that sound that they produced, that they performed and, 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 and had live to what they recorded. And once we finally got that magic, um, that, that's, that was their most successful, you know, commercially successful album, you know, and that becomes difficult as well, you know, measuring success, um, you know, for us, you know, going back to what I said, you know, for us, it was to be able to break an artist so we could actually have that monetized piece out there, whether it was an album, a cassette, CD, you know, um, you know, digital download, whatever it may be, but also now, you know, to sell concert tickets, make sure that they're, you know, they're stacked up with their, their own revenue streams, et cetera. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time. I will tell you the one thing that you will never do in the music industry, right? You will not ever wake up and grind your teeth because you don't want to go to work and there will never be a day <laughs> that is right. the same as yesterday. You know, your, right. your, your audience gets older, your demographic changes, your psychographics change. And, you know, you see that in radio and going back to what I was talking about earlier, that top 40 format is not just that top 40 format anymore. Now there's four or five different, you know, machinations of it, whether they lean rhythm or whether they lean, you know, more adult and trying to go after an older listener. Uh, Some just try to go for females, some want men, you know, it's like whatever it may be. And and it's quite difficult because radio's model is, is, you know, to generate listeners and those generated listeners then are turned and sold to advertisers, et cetera. So it just depends on what that niche is. And everybody kind of carves out their own little their own little place of it. So it's great from a listener standpoint um, because, you know, they have so many different opportunities to listen to out there. 
uh, it makes it tough, you know, to be able to slot those artists and be able to get that kind of exposure out there yeah. uh, because there is such a broad brushstroke. We think everybody, you know, should listen to Paul McCartney. We think everybody should be listening to King Princess and her new music and things that are coming out. But obviously that's not the way. But we're still going to try to make it that way. Jim, I, I, I knew this was going to be fun. Um, and I think I think listeners are going to love it because what they're going to hear is passion. Uh, I think it's so important to hear that passion for music and festivals and yeah. all that sort of thing. And like, this is this is sort of like talking to Jim sitting around camp. Exactly. This is exactly like what, this is camp. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it. it kind of puts to the lie that the whole industry is run by suits who don't right. even listen to music. Ah, so. I got a hit maker today. Uh, yeah, what, what are the numbers, <laughs> the percentages? But I got to ask, how do you do Bonnaroo? Do you camp? Do you... RV it. The, uh, you said you drive down sometimes. You fly down sometimes. Are you a hotel guy? Do you stay on site the entire time? Um, I am a hotel slash motel guy. I'm very fortunate because I get a room either through our artist or through the promoter. I stay literally right back near the, uh, um, the Starbucks, which, by the way, is extremely important to me. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I, we I do all have that our things. Uh, <laughs> I do. I call it the one seasons. Actually, I do that in in in, in because <laughs> that's good. <laughs> you know, it's certainly not two seasons, and it's guaranteed not the four seasons. It's not four. I, you know, that's terrific. You know, that's like good. I look. I grew I grew up camping and everything. I don't sleep well to begin with. I am up at all hours of the night, but I have to be connected. Um, I you know I, I my wife makes fun of me because I have two computers out, an iPhone and an iPad at all times. So you know while it's all fun and games, and you know I do this because of my passion. We are looking at a lot of numbers. We all do have a lot of spreadsheets and stuff. And again, I don't sleep well, and it's probably most important for me to have my own room, my own setup out there, and then you know charging stations. But you know my morning starts at Starbucks at nine in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know well I start at well, the uh, at the hotel and I go over there at nine, and that's usually when my first meeting is. And I sit there and I have meetings up until about 11, 1130 and I go back and then I kind of clean up shower and I'm usually on site by one o'clock. Yeah. And my usual time is I'll tap out around somewhere between three and four. Yeah. That's good. And, by, and by the way, you get enough camp time by, by dropping by camp nut butter. You do. Well, that's guaranteed. You do spend plenty of time around camp. It's fine. I mean, now granted it ain't, it ain't slumming. Uh, we try to make the amenities no. very nice for our guests. But everybody the amenities does, are sure. very nice, and and the spiritual awakening that goes on is even more important. Oh, yeah. So I always feel like yeah. I have it's a very kind way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, it, it's funny because you know you, you do go home, you go home tired, you go home achy, and it's it, and it's not just you know everybody thinks it's one big party, and you know it is and it isn't. You know, it depends on what you do. Um, you know, I've been down there. I think the peak I had down there were fourteen artists performing at wow. various uh, wow. you know times and places and what have you. And this year, I think I'm four or five, so it'll be better for me to be able to relax, to have a discovery, to be able to have, you know, time with people. And, and you know, and, and the other side about it is there are business uh, opportunities and there are industry people that are down there. So, you know, there are those opportunities and moments that go on. So um, you, uh, you know, I want to be able to take advantage of that. Have you made your list yet? You know who you're seeing? You got, uh, you got you know, your uh, playlist ready to go? I have not done it yet, yeah. uh, and it's funny you mention that. Uh, normally, I'm, a, uh, I'm much uh, uh, farther along than this, and very similar to like a fantasy baseball or football uh, draft, right. uh, there's a, there are a number of us that need to get together, and we will start to send our list out, and we'll start to cross, uh, you know, cross things off, and, you know, look, uh, 
I know I'm going to have to have a window of time to be at this barbecue at Nut Butter. Um, I've got to be a couple of different places. And, you know, so I have to I have to work it all out. So it, it's not just showing it's, up and trying to figure it out. It's, it's hilarious it's to me the well idea planned. that Jim Burris is standing backstage somewhere with a bunch of industry people yeah. and him saying, hang on a second, I'll be right back. I got to go to Nut Butter. I got to go to Nut Butter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I've brought a couple of guests over, oh, yeah. including my son. Oh, yeah. And they're like, and I've told him, I go, you know, we got to go to Camp Nut Butter. And they look at me like, what are you talking talking about and when i get there they they like they, nobody just like walks in they have to stop and look oh, at you gotta first. take it all in you have to take it all in you know from the heads to the you know to the twister board to you know the various lights and you know of course somebody i won't mention who that is has a real swanky tent with a bed that's elevated up off the floor and i might add a, a mirror in the corner yeah. i don't know if it's just a See, vanity he's, type he's been thing. there folks he isn't making uh, this up let, let, can i just defend myself for a second i the hair is the money maker, and it needs to be on point at all times. Okay. I was just about to mention the bureau that had the number of products and combs and brushes and all other kinds of things. <laughs> I mean, that that scene itself might need its own generator. You know, who knows? Well, well let's 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 share a list uh, very soon, and we can't wait to see you here. In a, uh, actually, we're we're like. Forty-five days. My so. goodness, four almost four weeks away, almost a month away. That's awesome. That is so amazing. Well, I'm so excited. Well, I can't wait to you. see you, Jim. Likewise, let me ask you, who are you looking forward to seeing? Uh, oh uh, this oh man, we we've got our, our special uh, picks uh, show coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh, I don't think I'm more excited about anything like I am the two Boney Bear sets. Uh, we talked about this last week on the show. Uh-huh. I love Boney Bear so much. I think Twenty Two a Million is a masterpiece, and I can't stop talking about it. Uh, how that uh, works on the Witch stage is to me the the most exciting um, uh, question of the entire festival. I think that. Japanese breakfast is uh, is one that I'm very, very excited about. I love Mavis Staples with all of my heart. I can't wait to see her again. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know. Anderson Pack. Yeah, and Pack. I'm a sucker for Anderson Pack. I think Anderson Pack is is a genius. Yep. So, and who um, we, we, we did, we played a thing called Bonner Roulette a couple of weeks ago, Jim, where we put names in the hat that we not really didn't know anything about, spun the wheel, and then listened to part of a song. Uh, who all did we come up with? The, well, there's there's one in particular on Thursday that I can't stop thinking about. It's Duran Jones and the Indications. Yep. Um, uh-huh. And then there was, oh, what was that other one, Barry? Was it, was it Liz? Uh, no, no. No, it wasn't Lissy. Pigeons playing ping pong is a discovery on Thursday that you're going to like a lot. And oh, yeah? What, what is the, um, soul. hang on, I'm, I'm going to find you. It's a soul artist. Oh, the uh, Indian, the Indian, Dan, uh, Davey. Davey. Davey, yes, D-A-V-I-E. D-A-V-I-E. This guy's got a great sound. So great. It's very soulful. Um, it's very Leon Bridges, honestly. It's it's a throwback. Oh, and I, I yeah, I'm very excited to uh to figure out if that's if that's something that's really got heat on it or not. By the way, going back to Leon, you know, with his new album and everything like that, I passed over that real quick because I didn't want to sound like that record guy that I was gonna sit here and promote and market, but you obviously mentioned it, you obviously set it up. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the softball, Jim. It's great. Yeah, well, you know, I decided this is this isn't this isn't my show, you know, okay. but but you know, going back to, to, to you know, there's there's a couple of things on there, you know, because I think this year didn't they, uh, or maybe last year they started it, but this year they're going to continue it. Isn't the other uh, tent really kind of going to be more EDM right. kind of style of stuff? Yes. Right. Yeah. So yes. you'll find stuff down there. You know, obviously, Bass Nectar's not going to play down there, and I don't know about the Glitch Mob, but you know, you can find some really cool stuff down there. And that going back to the kind of the flavorful thing, you know, we, we used to make fun of the comedy tent and or the movie tent because 
because if you were too hot, you could always go hang out there. And then guess what? They have really great movies and they have really great comedians, you know, that are there. So that's out of the way. Um, but now they've started to do some of these little niche things. Um, you know, in that stage was always, I think it was either Friday night or Saturday night. If you were there between midnight and three in the morning, you were guaranteed to somebody, whether to see somebody, you know, whether it was MGMT or the Imagine Dragons or somebody like that, there was some emerging talent that was going to come out of that. That was, you know, phenomenal. We all know about, you know, the what stage and stuff like that, but there's going to be some really great stuff. Like I have not seen, uh, you know, St. Paul and, and the Broken Bones uh, yet, but I cannot wait right. to Get see ready. it. You'll guarantee you see me there. Get you know, ready. I mean, it was one of the, one of the highlights of my professional career to talk to, uh, to, to Paul. Uh, it was the best yeah. interview we have ever had or I've ever had. Um, the guy is just so genuine. Until now. He, until today, <laughs> until, until this moment. He's just so right. genuine. He puts every single ounce of his body and his spirit on stage. And you can't help but to but to try and give at least something back to him while you watch him. I I'm so excited about it. You, we did two oh, yeah. two shows with him, Jim. So that'll give you two hours to kill while you're driving down in a, in a month. Yeah, that's oh, right. I love it. Yeah, he was great. Oh, he really it. was a lot of fun. Right. We'll, we'll see you soon, Jim. Thank you so much for all the time, and and I can't wait to see you. Are you bringing the son this week this year? Is it is the kid? No, he's he's uh, he's got a friend. He's in the, uh, that age group where he's got a lot of friends getting married, and he's the best man in one of these weddings. So yeah, yeah. he's got to go do that. But uh, I'll be there. Brady will be there with me again this year. So uh, he made the cut. Uh, Brady made the cut. Is, is his he beard returning for the Tennessee? Yeah, heats. the beard. The beard will be there. It's okay. trimmed up, but uh, it'll it'll be there. Okay. And I can't wait. So, but I look forward to seeing you on the farm. I can't wait to hear some great music and uh, and put uh, you know our faces back together. I can't wait. I love you. We'll see you Thank soon. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. Now, unfortunately, Leon Bridge is not performing at uh, Bonnaroo 2018, but Duran Jones is. He opened up the podcast. Duran Jones, and now we uh, go into part two with Leon Bridges. Yeah, I, I, it's a great symmetry to me. Leon Bridges a couple of years ago was one of the great shows I've seen the entire. You felt time. like you were finding somebody. That, and I felt like I was in 1960 watching right. Sam Cooke or right. whatever. I mean, and I get a lot of that. God, at, was so good. I get a lot of that from Duran Jones and Indi- yep. Indications, uh, the band that we open up the podcast playing Thursday. By the way, it may just make uh, Brad's picks the episode that we uh, pick our uh, our festival of choice, our artists of choice for the festival. It may just make my picks for this right. year. I think it's important that we played those two as well because that's the type of thing you can discover if you uh, get out of your box or get off your list or yeah. whatever. That Leon Bridges was amazing. I fully expect Duran Jones to be just as great. It's sort of like you can find these things if you ever leave camp. Well, now. But... <laughs> These guys hardly do. Our campmates from Camp Nut Butter. Uh, we decided to bring them in. Let's uh, let's bring them in here. Let's let's have a little Camp well, Nut had Butter. One action. Bonnaroo vet already at uh, the What Podcast. Now uh, with Jim Burris, the senior vice president of Columbia Records Promotion. Now we have our vets, our team, half of our team from Camp Nut Butter uh, in studio for the What Podcast. Welcome, guys. The better half is actually I, my title is way better than Jim's. So. Really, what is your title? Boss of Jim. Okay. <laughs> Boss, boss okay. man. So let these, me introduce these are you. The production guys. Yes, let me introduce these, you some of our uh, our camp mates at Camp Nut Butter. That's Nick Turner, Nikki T, who actually designed all the graphics that you see at the What Podcast. Graphic genius. Slow down. Okay, and the guy <laughs> and the guy that that designed all of our heads. We have giant cartoon heads on sticks. Now, that I was we, thinking on the way over, how can we put pictures of some of this stuff? We can put them on Twitter. We oh, could probably okay. tweet them the What underscore Podcast probably. Okay. Yeah. 
And then we have uh, local radio flunky Brian Stone. Hi, buddy. Yes, I, you have the second most listened to podcast. <laughs> that is just in not the city even of close to being true. <laughs> I have the most listened okay. to podcast in and the city of And how long has this been going on? <laughs> going on almost two years. Okay. Uh, in uh, How long did it take you to get 7,000 downloads? I haven't done the math recently. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, good. It, 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 uh-huh. it took a few minutes, but it took a while to build. You don't go, you don't go number one overnight, right? I mean, uh, we did. Well, no, yeah. you went number two overnight. Oh, did we? I, okay. I got, I got you. How many countries are you heard in? Well, it depends on how much spam. He's, he's barely heard in this country. It's, it's, let's be honest. I'm it depends obsessed. on how much, how many uh, bots have, uh, Wait, have states? downloaded. Yeah, like, how, <laughs> barely, many states? how many states do you get through? Uh, you Very got, regional show. Yeah, Very regional no show. kidding. When you're screaming about like. Local politics. I don't know if that's going to be a hit in Japan. Yeah, it doesn't sell in Korea, quite like Bonnaroo. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so this is our is half of our team. The other half is made up of some some industry people. A random man who talks deep, and uh, we don't really ever know what he says. The wife. Who else am I missing from from our campsite? We've had how many? The, three years ago, we had what, like eighteen? It felt big. It, it felt was, like it was we never were, ending. We, people. Were, People were looking at us asconce because we were hoarding hoarding parking places. Yes, we, we take up a, we take up a very large. Well, swath every time of we land. get there on the first day, and you guys start running around like staking territory, right. like <laughs> it's the gold rush, and you know out west, <laughs> I always feel like we're doing something wrong. Like yeah. we're taking well, too much space here. Can guys. I be honest? You are doing something wrong. You're not doing anything. <laughs> okay. You just stand there. I try to help, man. I, 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 I feel like I'm doing something that's against the rules. Well, that's setting up at Bond. Is against the rules? Uh, no, well, taking an acre of, of land is is, <laughs> is against the rules. That's because he gets there actually like on Tuesday. Yeah, he likes wandering around. At oh night yeah, that's my favorite. Himself. That's my favorite. Wednesday night. Or, that's your yeah, favorite night. I love. Why do you yeah, love like, it? Just, just wandering the music the, uh, <laughs> because he doesn't have to miss everything. <laughs> Yeah, you're the king of missing every show. I saw 19 bands last year. You are such a liar. I saw 19 you are bands such last year. A liar. I hadn't seen 19 bands in the 10 years prior combined. You're talking That's about true. the songs you listen to in your CD player no, in your crappy, no, shitty car. No, you're not no, talking no. about bands that you saw at Bonnaroo. That's not true. Last right. year, I, I went so I went that's all interesting. Out. So you so you showed up on Wednesday, and you now can you get into Bonnaroo on Wednesday? I didn't think that you could. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. On foot, you can. Through, through our through our well, How you else remember? are you getting into Bonnaroo, no, Brian? I mean, driving your you car. You have a Segway. You driving a Segway. Driving your car room? in and setting up camp. I don't think is necessarily uh, available for everybody. I love this guy thinking he's ro- going through rollerblades. But if you want to <laughs> walk in and just act like you own the joint, you can walk in and just yeah. go hang out on the grounds where there's not but maybe t- hundred people scattered yeah. over. A and they're still of, setting up and, and yeah. Trying remember to put we got the together. Instagrams from him of them setting up beer tents. Oh, yes. that's right. Okay. It's just a fascinating, pretty, pretty thrilling uh, now, video. <laughs> now I asked I asked that because I don't think that's open to the general public. No. You can't really just walk in on Wednesday and see cannot. them. Okay, so you walk out and then you go through uh, the main arch and then you go walk around the campsites in the, in the main camping area. Right? Is that your Wednesday tradition? You I do did that, that on Thursday. On Thursday, okay. if I did that on Wednesday, they wouldn't let me back in. All right. So what do you see when you walk in on Wednesday? What is what is the feeling that it evokes from you? It's just well for the excitement overall of a big yeah. weekend. Um, if if it's a cooler, nice night, that that helps out as well, like it was last year. It's just the excitement, really, and just to be on the be, be on the grounds and and the all the stages are lit up. They're testing lights. Yeah. Um, all the all the, uh, the 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 side tents have all their lights, and they're on. People are on stage. Mm-hmm. It's just a really. If you, I mean, no one's going to stop you if you just want to walk up there and jump on stage if you wanted to. You want to try that this year? Maybe. Give it a go, pal. Let's Maybe. see how well that works. I, for I'm you. telling you, there's barely anybody around. And but, Nick, Nikki T, what day do you get there usually? 
I try to get there after everyone's already set up. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the help. <laughs> I have noticed that Nick usually gets there after everything is where it needs to be. That's yeah, a pro move right yeah, his, there. But his move is always- Pro like, tip. Yeah, but guys, look at all the things that I've brought, man. <laughs> yeah, bring all the uh, Bloody Mary Sure, uh, the Bloody Mary. Now, by the way, he's our Bloody Mary guy. Last year, Nick's, I had to take master. I had to take the Bloody Mary crown because you didn't show up. You bailed on us. How do you guys take my Bloody Marys versus Nikki T's Bloody Marys? Oh, it's all Nikki T. Oh, you jerk. Yeah, you don't really know what you're doing. Yours was all right, but, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's transformative. I mean, you don't really know flavor. That's the problem. Oh, gotcha. I mean, look at me. I know flavor. I am flavor. You know, you remember, was it last year that we had to wake him up? He kept, he kept <laughs> sleeping, and we were all Nick, like, poke, we, we want a Bloody Mary. Oh, get up, get up. And he finally got up, and he said, I think y'all are just using me. <laughs> I spent six hours in a hammock that day. Yes, you did. It was comfortable. You know what he said when he got up from that nap, that six-hour nap? He had just had a baby. He woke up from that nap, and he said, don't you dare tell my wife I just slept for six hours. <laughs> That's true, man. He did say that. Now, you, you were the one that actually got me onto Thursdays because you just said, why don't we just go on Thursday? And I didn't realize until the first Thursday that we went how magical Thursday was. It's so green. It's so green, and it feels like people are fresh, yeah. they're happy, they're alive. Oh, every, everybody is yeah. on their best behavior and as happy as they could possibly be. By Saturday, all that attitude sometimes changes. Well, yeah. I won't say all. A lot of that attitude changes because it's a tough weekend. No matter how much fun you're having, it's still a very tough weekend. There is not a better uh, description of how human beings can wither away than the time-lapse <laughs> photo of Brian Stone from oh, Thursday geez. to Sunday. Well, there, there was is, one year where it was really bad. That is... Is every year. You're talking about every single year. Yeah, it, be, it beats me up pretty now, good. So this is the thing that happened last year at camp that uh, we have a lot of people that just pop in. We have a lot of popper inners. You know, it's it, uh, one guy at our camp. They follow the light in the sky. We have a lot of lights. <laughs> have- so basically one guy at our campsite said, this is sort of like the Merv Griffin show. You don't know who's going to sit down on the couch and become yeah. a guest. Uh, last year, The literal couch. L- actual yeah, couch. Yeah, we bring an actual leather <laughs> couch. Uh, now last year, Brian brought a spectacular guest. Oh no. A spectacular Spectacular guest. Nick, you missed this. I woke up in a dead sleep. You didn't miss anything. Dead sleep. (laughs) Brian had brought back a girl. A girl. Yeah, the first time I think that he has seen a girl. (laughs) The first time I've seen a girl. So she she shows up at our camp and he's trying to, you know, be Mr. Big Shot, look at our campsite, etc. And Brian, uh, you know, they're they're milling around talking about little Uzi Vert. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But I would get woken up from a dead sleep in the middle of the day and a nice, beautiful nap. To this girl sounded. <laughs> that was legitimately. It's kind of funny now. At the time, I didn't think it was very the funny. The sounds that were coming out of her mouth were unlike anything I have ever heard somebody be able to produce. If you're going to smash. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? What in the world does that mean? I think Some it's kind what of they say kind. nowadays. <laughs> By God, if that's what she sounds like, oh man! And so you would like? Would you like to, to I just give think, the nickname that you? That no, you I'm gave? not going to do that because it'll give away her name. I don't want to do that. But uh, can you can you up your guest game this year? Can you possibly? I'm flying that? solo. I'm not. I don't. I don't, don't want to mess with this. You anymore. don't say. I'm flying solo. <laughs> <laughs> don't say. Wait, that's the way you, to do don't it. Don't you come stag every year? But like, yeah, there at some point you get the motivation. 
to seek out human companionship, something, anything, (laughs) anything, any sort of interaction. I don't know with an artist, with a band, with a show, with a beer, something. Can you interact with something? This is what the weekend is all weekend. This right here, this podcast, just just listen to it over and over again, and you know how this goes. All right, so there is not there's not a person on this planet that is more aligned with me and my musical taste than Nikki T. So I'll start with him, Nikki T. Do you have uh, do you have suggestions for this year? What are you going to see as a Bonnaroo? By the way, how many Bonnaroo's is this for you? Is this five or six? Uh, I think this is six. 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 Okay. All right. I think, so right. All right. So who are you looking at this year? Mm. What is your what's your discovery? What are the one you're really excited about? Oh, uh, well, you guys put me on to Davey, which just sounds like it's going to be a fun show. Are you into Davey? We just talked we about just that. Talked yeah, about I mean, I feel like yeah. it's just one of those shows that you know you're you're. You're gonna have a good time at. Yeah, probably nobody's gonna be there. That's right. And so those are always the best. Those ones. are my favorite shows. Um, when it's really hot in the middle of the afternoon, you're practically one of you know 300 people in that tent. Yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah, uh, I think another one is probably Japanese Breakfast for me. I just I thought love that Japanese album Breakfast. this year is uh, just it's a great album. Everything I've seen of of her live looks. She's awesome. amazing. She's absolutely amazing. This She's covering exactly, the cranberries. This is exactly I mean, the two artists that I told Jim Burris about. It's yeah. like me and Nick are, are living parallel yeah. lives. Now, I can't wait uh, to hear Brian Stone's suggestion. Let me guess, Eddie wait, Vedder. Wait, wait. Let me, let <laughs> me explain. the list. I don't remember who's <laughs> okay. there. Let me explain how this is going to go. Uh-huh. Brad is going to say, Brian, do not miss this show. And Brian is going to say, I'm not going to that show. <laughs> right. Yeah. I refuse to see that band. Brad's going to say, go to that show. Brian is either not going to go to that show and on Sunday say, I wish I had gone or to that show. show up or I'm going to show up and be yeah. like, this guy is great. <laughs> yeah, it always, it always occurs somewhere around the end of June. Brian Stone comes to me and says, boy, I really blew it on Courtney Barnett. Yeah, well, that's the best example ever. That certainly. is the best one. Every right, single Spoon year. would be another one. I have a question since we're all here, okay. and we've all done it many, many times. What are the things we've all learned? Because we all do it differently. Brian likes to get there even earlier than we do. We, I used to try to get there first thing Friday. Now I like to get there Thursday so I don't have to do I can get there and relax. We've even started going on Wednesday, Wednesday night yeah, Wednesday, so that we so. can wake up there on Thursday. There's really no reason not to. Right. Especially we're so close. But, like, you know, you're not kidding about that everybody's there fresh on Thursday and by Saturday they're worn out. So yeah. everybody always says pace yourself. They're not kidding. So, I mean, what are the sort of things that we've all learned over the years, uh, I mean, you you pretty much just you laid it all out there, pacing yourself. Um, you know, I've messed up in the early years and had a handful of too many drinks in the middle of the afternoon, and you're done for uh, potentially a, a full 24 hours at that point. Showers we have good access to, so I mean, we, we got things we got things pretty good right well, they now. They fixed that, I think, for most everybody, from what I understand. I and I was thinking about that because one year you get there and nobody showers because it's so hot and everybody. And I didn't. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I made. I drove my own self out of the tent. I was so <laughs> so rank. So shower when you can. Right. Sleep when you can. Go ahead. Nick. Yeah. The shower secret is uh, one a.m. or later. Yeah, that's right. Is the prime time to hit the shower or afternoon and in the evening during the day if you're going to go during the day. But see, what's the point? Then you just walk out and get all disgusting <laughs> yes, again. Still a nice block. There's still And point. then you still got to get there's into your tent with your own feet. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do oftentimes get into my tent with, with my, my own, own feet. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I'll tell you the reason why I like his theory better than yours, Brian, is because at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's freezing cold getting out of that shower. Oh, so That's good. what I want. I need that, sh- that yeah. absolutely chill to my bone. 
at three o'clock in the morning. Yes. I'm passed yeah. out on gin and tonic. So, so what I my my three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon, two p. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, the the thing that I will tell everybody is there's a couple of things. One. I, I refuse to get drunk at Bonnaroo. I refuse. That's the worst. You cannot be hungover. It is the absolute worst feeling. It's about 8.30 in the morning when the heat hits. There is not a worse feeling on the planet than being hungover at Bonnaroo. And the second thing, and I don't know how anybody out there does it, but sex at Bonnaroo? Yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around that sex no, at any festivals no, to me. Any no, sort of outdoor no, no, camping no. festival don't sounds, be touching me. sounds a little strange. <laughs> if, you're gonna if, you're, if you're going to smash. If you're going to smash. I'm still not interested in smashing. <laughs> Nor are the women that you bring around. Um, so, the, uh, so it's not One other thing, though. Yeah. I've never left with a pair of shoes I came with. What are you talking about? By the about? end of the weekend, my shoes are so murdered, wow. I just throw them away. That is funny. We do go on a Walmart run just for shitty t- shoes. We wow. just go buy shitty shoes because we know we're never going to use yeah, them. I just throw again. them away. That's it, may, it may be a chicken and egg thing, but okay. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, your, uh, your picks this year? You got something that you uh, you like? Uh, I don't like this year's lineup of stuff. Said it from the beginning. You know but why? Because there's I, no hail fire. Hail, hail fire. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that every year. Even have any every idea year you don't like these jokes the are. But I said that about last year's lineup for sure, and I was very, you very, very wrong. You said that your Pearl Jam was there. No, like I did not. Band. I said that was the best lineup year, and. Uh, <laughs> So I mean, early on, the one, the only band I'm overly excited for that I've thought about recently is I like the Dreamers on on Thursday. It's going to be my Thursday act. Um, after that, you know, Moon Taxi. I'm sure I'll be nearby. Uh, Paramore. I'd like to give a listen to Alt J. Uh, Bonavera. I guess. I mean, I you're don't. Gonna, I don't. You're not going to like. Bonavera. I don't quite get it. You know, don't worry about Bonavera. Now, do you know anything about Muse? Have you ever spent a second with Muse? A little. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can go either way. I mean, if okay. I'm nearby, I'll go check it out. It's a little, it's a little, not quite my speed, but it's not far off of of, of where I would normally be. Right. Um, you know, Cheryl Crow, what the hell? Why not? I guess we'll see. Eminem, I got no interest in the Killers. Is Sunday night? Uh, if all goes to my plan, I'll be gone by the time uh, they take the stage. I usually stay till Monday. This year, I don't h- intend to do that. So. All right. So uh, Nick, uh, I think that if I if I'm going to give uh, Brian Stone the band that he needs to go to that I likely won't, but that I'll still you won't listen. go to, but then a <laughs> month later you're going to say to yourself, "Why did I miss this show?" I think you and I are going to say the same thing. But what are you going to say? What are you going to suggest to uh, Brian Stone, uh, Nikki T? And this is like my preference as a band, or just somebody I think Brian would that like that Brian's going to like that Brian absolutely will lose his mind over that he has no idea even exists right now. I forgot Old Crow Medicine shows here. Huh? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I only said that because I, I figured your reaction would be somewhere in the neighborhood of. Well, I think the revival list is probably like something Brian Stone would just. Really? That shocks me you'd say that. You know what I'm telling him? Sir Sly. Do you know anything about Sir Sly? Yeah, Sly? I do know I know the revivalist and Sir Sly. Okay. And Sir he's just saying that because he's never heard of them and he knows that he's going to get I'm going to say see Davey. Yeah, Davey. I great. still don't know. I, yeah, I haven't picked up on this Davey thing yet. Right. Um, well, like, I'm I'm aware of very much. I don't think I like the revivalist. I'm not sure. Well, you That's should. I wish I knew you. Then right? you need to go back and listen no, to the podcast. And the other thing I'll say that you should go see that I know you won't is Anderson <laughs> Pack and the Free National. It is an absolutely amazing show. Yeah, I, I, I've see? never quite understood. This is your what Anderson he does. You are down on every single. You've artist. been telling me about Anderson Pack for a long time. Three years, and every time I wonder when I sample it, I don't understand why that he thinks I'm going to like this. You're out of your mind. You so, legitimately have the worst taste. I think this we just saved a lot of camp all day. We just saved a lot of listeners having to come by Camp Nut Butter because you just got 
That was pretty you got much the whole it. Weekend. That was pretty much it. Hey, I just wanted to say too, we I probably not explained where the name came from. Uh, everybody that's thinks true. it's just dirty or something. Yeah, everybody thinks we're just talking about like ball grease. And it's a pretty stupid name, to be honest. But it's, I know uh, it sticks. That's why it's stuck. It's because Brad's wife makes nut butter, right? And it's just a funny word. In the first year, you heard her say that. I just laughed and yeah. laughed and laughed <laughs> because and... you didn't. You thought it was a synonym for something that the kids were saying at the time. The kids, yeah, <laughs> the kids. <laughs> like, what are these young folks speak about nut butter? That's what does a, that mean? That's all this nut butter and smashing going on. <laughs> And the next thing I know, we have a marquee with this gross-looking, dripping nut butter. That's and peanut butter, sure. And, yes, uh, it's awesome. Oh, that's our that's our food of choice. So you you bring the pimento cheese, we bring the nut butter. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, you know peanut butter and jelly sandwich is sort of our go-to thing. It's not like you know you know we're, we're cooking workhorse meals back no, there. No, there's no cooking. Guys, I can't. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you guys so came much. by. So much. Uh, welcome, fun. welcome to the What Podcast. You can listen uh, online anytime. Thewhatpodcast.com. I guess we got to come back and, and draw for a ticket. Yeah. I guess that's the last thing to Somebody do. Somebody huh? gets the win. Oh, this do I week. get that? I think you're fine. Ah. Yeah, that would be um, that would be bad, wouldn't it? <laughs> and the winner, and the winner is Nicker. <laughs> uh, my choice for Brian Stone, our camp nut butter camp mate, Sir Sly and Run. Now, uh, we want to reward you for being such a great listener of the uh, the podcast and and a friend of ours. Let's be honest; these are not listeners; they are friends. That's right. Yeah, so we want to uh, give you a little treat, and that's Bonnaroo tickets. That's a big treat. That's a sort of a pretty that's, big treat. That's the kind of friends we are, though. By the way, and we're throwing in the camping too. Uh, no small thing uh, that. All right, know? so it'd be it'd be weird if you just had a ticket, no place to sleep. Would you? Do you want to do the honors? Do you want to make the pick? You want to uh, draw a name out of the hat? Yeah, I'll pull all right, you go do that, and then and just hand it to me, and I'll make the phone call. All right, we'll just call the person live on the all air. All right, we're about to make somebody's week. Yeah, and summer. I Hello? Hey, I'm looking for uh, Drew. Yes, this is Drew. Hey, Drew. Brad Steiner and Barry Corder from the What Podcast. How hey, are Drew. you? Oh, good. Hey, hey, guys. What's up? If, uh, it's an odd call, I know. <laughs> I saw the Chattanooga thing. I actually stepped away. I'm like, I, I'm like, kind of hoping this is somewhat boring. Well, we, so that's, that's awesome. Well, we, we, you know, me and Barry just hang around each other all the time, just calling random people who listen to the podcast. It's just sort of what we've done with our lives. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So what's up? Uh, you know, it's called to say hi. Just chat. Hi. How you doing Yeah, see what you're doing today. Yeah. I'm ready for the weekend, man. We're uh, less than 40 days. Nice. Actually, you know what's funny is I got my buddy who I met, Bonnaroo, a couple years ago from Texas in town. So, like, I got that to look forward to this weekend. So a little connection of Rue continuing. Right. What do you guys what's do? Where, where are you from, by the way? I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. That's, I, I live up here. Oh, he's you, from Fort Worth, Texas. You bastard penguin fans. <laughs> I, I know, I know. All last year, I, I just like, you know what, I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. I knew everyone was on the, the it was opposite the year before because the Sharks beat the National Predator, so everyone's like, all right, you know, yeah. fuck them up, whatever. And now it's like, oh, you're the enemy. Yeah, and now but and now you're beating my Washington Capitals, which I'm very upset about. I, I know, I right. know. And you know what, I thought the team had it, but yeah. I know. So. They can score, and they score fast. So here's the reason why we called. We didn't call just to, to shoot the shit. We actually called you with some uh, pretty good news. Barry, would you like to tell him the good news? Yeah, you're the winner, man. Oh, are you guys kidding Really? Uh, you're the, the winner. winner of what? The winner, the ticket. Oh, and the ticket. Oh my God! You guys are the best. You can, are you serious? You can yeah. tell Barry's not a radio guy because a radio, a radio guy, guy would have built you this just, up. I just mean he's a winner. I okay. don't know anything about tickets. Drew, Drew from <laughs> Pittsburgh. Drew. This is what has happened. We have just oh drawn your name, and you, sir, have won tickets to Bonnaroo 2018 Woo! from the What Podcast, starring Barry Porter yeah, and Brad Steiner. Yeah. Congratulations, buddy. 
Dinsmore is the yeah. best ever. Oh my god! Yeah, there you go. Did, did you already have tickets, by the way? I okay, I did. I have group, but I have a friend who I I was entering all these contests. I have a yeah. friend who cannot afford it, so I already know someone. I'm like, if I want tickets somewhere, are you going? He's like, yes. That's awesome. So, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. This. Well, we're, we're hooking you up. We, we drew your name out of the hat. Congratulations. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast, all right? No, I love it, man. Like I said, I'm being honest with those emails. You guys take me back. It's like being in a campsite, just hearing people talk about the stories. And I, 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 there's so many sets I wish I would have seen that, in hindsight, I know about. And, like, Portugal Man in 2011 and all that. So right, right. I mean, by, I got the tattoo on my arm, man. I love it. Yeah, wait, you you got the what podcast tattooed on your arm? <laughs> no, no, no. I got the uh, the arch from 2011. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Here, I went. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Hey, yeah, take a picture of it and snap and send it to us. We'd love to uh, put it on the website or something. Yeah. You know, I got both of you on Twitter. I'll, you'll see. My name's like Drew a crowd. I forget what I have. Okay. It's a Drew. I'll, I'll 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 do that. All right, please do. Thank you again for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you on the farm. All right, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Much. All right, there you go. The what podcast next week? What do we got? Uh, we're gonna talk to. Mike Greenhouse from Relics Magazine. Relics Magazine, one of the the early adopters of the What Podcast. They got in really early and 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 Mike reached out, said nice things, and if you say nice things to Barry, you'll be his best friend forever. Yeah, no question about (laughs) it. Soft touch. (laughs) No, Mike is, and I'm excited about it. Mike, uh, they do the uh, Bonnaroo Beacon for folks. Ah, okay. And they, Mike has been there. I think I remember every year except the first one. So really, I'm really looking forward to. Did they have that. a beacon the first year? That I don't. That's one of the things we'll ask. Oh, I don't know. Okay. All right. Put it on the list. Uh, what else? Anything else? We're we still working on first aid kit. Is that still happening? Still working on first right. aid kit. Absolutely, and working on a couple of comics too. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd love yeah, to do yeah, that. I got an email uh, yesterday or today confirming confirming that we're trying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the comedic stylings of me? Am I not good enough for you, Barry? It'd be tough. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, 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 hey! How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner.